What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike. And we are discussing season two, episode four of Marvel's What If series. The title of this episode is What If Iron Man Crashed into the Grandmaster? Or what um, if you combine Mad Max, Fast and Furious, Ben Hur, and every other NASCAR movie that you've ever thought of watching? And Talladega Nights. And Talladega Nights. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> All that was missing was a sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Seriously. I, I'm just going to go off of the top and say that this episode was definitely my least favorite episode. I did not care for this episode at all. It was a trial to get through. It was, I just didn't like it. You know, Ragnarok, which you would think that given that, I would love this this episode. Just, it was a note for me. But it was also the episode formerly known as What If Gomorrah Had Killed Thanos? Yeah. Yeah. Which she eventually did. Okay, so so this is the thing that made it my least favorite because when I watched it the first time, I didn't really have any thoughts about it one way or the other. But then when I watched it again tonight, I was like, in a way, this episode really kind of sort of doesn't make sense. And I say that because one, this is the episode that was supposed to air, I believe, last season. And Mm -hmm. I forgot what the situation was, but it was one of the ones that was pulled out. They put it with season two. Okay, fine. At the beginning of this episode, they... They introduce it as, you know, they what is it that they say? Um, this is Gamora's story uh, or Gamora's story in this universe starts as part of someone else's, which, of course, it is Tony Stark's story mainly. But it's like, even if we were supposed to get the introduction to Gamora and her character, how she ended up being part of that group for season one, I feel like this episode really didn't cover that, especially if the title was what if Gamora had killed Thanos, because we don't see that happening or, you know, hinting that it's going to happen until the very last 10 seconds of the episode. It kind of seemed like an afterthought when they finally addressed it, but maybe that's why they didn't, they didn't show it last year because they didn't like how, like maybe because the title would would have been way way misleading if they still called it that, and this is what they showed because they're like, uh, this has nothing to do with Gamora or Thanos until the last two minutes of the episode, and it's like, why would you name it that? Maybe mm-hmm. that's maybe that's why they decided to put it off and rename it and try to refill re rearrange it because I think it kind of seems like they did the introduction to the episode like fresh just to kind of set the stage and to kind of retcon everything and draw and try, and try to put it together right. and right. then put that part at the end where she hit him with the multi stick and okay, boom, he's dead. Then, but that really doesn't, I agree with you. That was really uneven. It didn't seem like it flowed right into some season finale of last year where they were melting Thanos's melting, melting the infinity gauntlet. I'm like, and that, and she did not even need to use, the Infinity Stone Crusher that she used in the finale last year, we didn't see that at all. So it's like this this whole episode seemed kind of put kind of like pasted together off the cutting room floor. I mean, there were still good parts of it, but yeah, this is probably in my bottom two or three. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like 
even with the way they had Gamora come into this episode and just kind of, um, you know, her pursuit of Tony. So the, just to give everyone background, the way that this episode starts, it takes place during Avengers when Tony as Iron Man goes and kind of, um, you know, destroys the Chitauri fleet over New York. And what happens is instead of him falling back through the portal that was open, the portal closes and he ends up bouncing around the universe until he eventually ends up in Sakaar. Now, somehow, Gamora finds him on Sakaar. You know, Tony is there with the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster is Grandmastering the way that he does. And they're doing a birthday celebration for him in a Grand Prix style race. And the Grand Prix style race is very Mad Max. It's very much, okay, we're racing, but there's also destruction and we're killing, you know, our opponents and that sort of thing. And then Gamora just kind of drops in and starts shooting at Tony. And Tony has no clue who the fuck she is, why she's trying to kill him. He's just like confused. All he wants to do is go back home. Yeah, that and was hella random. Just her appearing out of nowhere in the middle of a Ben-Hur chariot race. I'm like, you didn't even have any reason to be there. No. And then it's like, even when he's asking her, she was like, um, you know, he, what does he say? Who are you? I'm your death. He was like, okay, why? Because, <laughs> you, um, because you, you destroyed Thanos's plan, blah, blah, blah. He was like, who the hell is Thanos? Like he's so clueless. And she's like, so gung ho, which of course she's a villain. Villains don't necessarily feel like they need to explain themselves to you. They think that, if they're coming after you, you know what you did wrong. Okay. But I, I don't know, just the flow of the episode. If it was supposed to be introducing her introduction into the what if universe in this story, I just don't really feel like it did a good job. I mean, even, even at the part where they decide they have to try to beat the grandmaster so that Tony can go home and, everything can go back to whatever way it's supposed to go. When he's sitting there trying to convince her that she doesn't have to keep on this path that Thanos has, that she could be her own person. It felt very, it didn't feel, it didn't feel natural. The flow of the conversation just felt weird. And I know it's animation. I know that this is like a, a alternate universe, but I just I don't know. It was one of those things where like Tony, Tony Stark, his character is always very, you know, very funny in a deadpan way. He always has something smart to say. And, you know, he just has that kind of vibe. But I feel like in this particular episode, he and the Grandmaster, especially, I felt like their characters were being forced. It was too much like they were trying too hard to be punny they were trying too hard to be funny and it just it just didn't flow very well for me which is crazy because i love jeff goldblum as the grandmaster like he's funny in that role but it's just kind of like i don't know maybe it's also because of the animation it just didn't it didn't fit with the character for me this time yeah i can i can i can see that it's just it it's just it's a waste of Jeff Goldblum and Mick Wingert. Shout out to Mick Wingert for actually absolutely crushing the sound of Tony Stark. I think I think he's doing a he's doing a doing a really good job of voicing him. So, but mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. It seemed a lot of it seemed seemed really forced. Seemed like 
it, this whole episode seems like they just wanted to shoehorn it in because everybody kept asking, asking about, oh my God, Gamora melted, melted the Infinity Gauntlet. How did it happen? How did it happen? Y'all got to show that episode. We're missing that episode. And they were like, fine. Yeah, so take a little of this, give me a little of this, and right, spice that shit together. All right, boom, there you go. Right. And so, I can also, oh, I'm sorry, Anthony. I was going to say, and I can also say, just having seen the rest of the season, I, I don't know that we ever get that definitive answer about her in the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, you just, I just know that the production on this episode was kind of messed up because of COVID. So it maybe one was one of those things where it stopped, like they stopped mid-production and then they never really finished it, which is why it never aired. And then they just finished it, you know, in their spare time. This it just it just doesn't feel like like it looks nice, it looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. Like, first of all, I I don't really care for I know everyone loves Jeff Goldblum as Hey, 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 hey. No, don't, don't even get and, started, and he, sir. No, okay. uh, absolutely not. But I had, no, I had a, no slander. I had he enough of him. I didn't. I had enough of him in Ragnarok. I would have been fine never seeing him again. You know, mm-hmm. and and this was just too much for me. It just felt Whatever. very out of place. Yeah. I feel like. Well, that's more of this episode being uneven. I think that that just has to do with how... I mean, I agree with Anthony that this is probably a continuate. They probably filmed this as a continuation, where it's like where people weren't in the same mind state when they recorded it the first time. Then they recorded again, and everything is off. Where they're just like trying to get into character again, and they can't quite do it. They do it oh fine, but it's not really cohesive because and it doesn't and it doesn't fit in the overall structure of this season. It it does. Does. Yeah, because we didn't see anything else about it. It's like it, it didn't have really it could they could have done without it, period. And like, not it, only it that, it doesn't really fit much with last season either, as far as Gamora's yeah. character. It it does a little bit. A a, a little bit, but not, I mean not even not until the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it this this episode, I feel like, you know, if what happens if Iron Man cra- crash into the Grandmaster? So it's like once Iron Man gets to Sakaar and the Grandmaster, of course, you know, the Grandmaster, he likes trying to keep things that he has no business trying to keep. And this is the same thing with Tony, you know, with Tony Stark. He wants to keep the, uh, what does he call him, Metal Mojo Man? Yes, Metal Mojo Man. Um, He wants to keep him, you know, he likes the suit and all this other stuff and kind of similar to what he did with uh, Loki in Ragnarok. You know, he had Loki be his guest in the box while they were doing the gladiatorial games. This follows a similar premise. But of course, this this event takes place before um, the events of Ragnarok. But Tony is there. He's looking at the way that things are going. You know, things on Sakaar right now are not great. There's apparently a food shortage. So the citizens are hungry. There's blood in the river. I I don't know. There's a lot of things going on on this planet. And the Grandmaster, in his ways, he's focused on himself and celebrating his birthday and wanting to do these things instead of addressing the needs of what is going on on his planet. I like when Thor asks Korg, 
is this Grandmaster guy as bad as I think he is? You mean Iron Man? You said I mean Iron Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Iron Man. As him, yeah. is he as bad as I think he is? He's like, he's like, he uh, used, yeah. wants to use me as he a, paper as a paperweight. Yeah. Can you imagine how that feels to have imagine. to sit on paper? My my arch mortal enemy. That was awesome. That was perfect. I was. <laughs> they're yeah. really they're really hold really riding this Korg rock paper scissors thing. Like that's the and I don't mind. I don't mind either. I think it's great. I think it's. I awesome. think for me, Korg and and. Korg and Valkyrie were the best uh, best parts of this episode because we do have Valkyrie. She's there. She's part of this um, chariot race. And she's doing the same thing we saw her do in Ragnarok. You know, she's just kind of there. She's doing the race. When she gets out, she's like, okay, I'm just going to sit and be a spectator. But because of her skills in that race, Tony kind of recruits her to help him I don't want to say overthrow the Grandmaster, but basically put the Grandmaster in his place. So again, we're going back to my previous statement about liking um, various pair-ups that didn't happen in the actual MCU and seeing them here. I like Tony and Valkyrie together. They worked well in this. And and Korg, I just like Korg with anybody because he literally is one of those people that, can adapt to anyone. So I like seeing that dynamic. I like seeing them do the team up, the race that they did and how they eventually kind of defeated the Grandmaster. But it was just, it just, I don't know. I I was expecting something else with the way that the introduction came about Gamora and, you know, her story came in in the midst of someone else's and it's like we didn't really get her story we got that she was pissed off we got that she was there for revenge and then tony stark says what two three sentences to her and then all of a sudden she changes her tune that does not to me fit with the murderess assassin that we have you know come to know gamora to be prior to her betrayal of thanos it this actually is a, it it's a fit. It's kind of an interesting parallel where in episode two, his father talked Bucky down from shooting Peter in in the second episode, and he talked Gamora into into helping her, into helping him and not just not killing him. So But it's, it's kind of different because I feel like with the whole thing with Howard Stark and Bucky Barnes. And or the Winter Soldier, as he was in that episode, the fact that he mentioned Steve Rogers and you see the Winter Soldier have a he has a visual reaction to Steve's name being brought up. That kind of tells you that there's a little bit of Bucky still there. It's not like he was in the Winter Soldier film where up until he saw Steve, he had no recollection of that life whatsoever. He was he was really a killing machine that was completely brainwashed, had no type of emotions or feelings for himself. I mean, we saw that even with his flashbacks when we saw him killing this person and killing that person. He had no emotion on his face as the Winter Soldier. In this episode, or in the last episode when we see him, you do see a little bit of that emotional reaction. And then also because of that, him and Howard Stark also had 
a past. Him and Peggy had a past. So I feel like that Howard, Howard reaching out to him in that way, I don't feel like that was as far-fetched. In this episode, Tony has no, he doesn't even know who Thanos is. You know what I'm saying? He has no clue who Thanos is. He has no clue who um, Gamora is. As far as he knows, the Chitari were there because of Loki. He doesn't even know about that connection between all of this. So I, it just seemed more far-fetched to me. Like it just, it again, it just did not fit. Yeah, I see that. Like they could have done... They could have done this episode without the Gamora part and it would have made sense. I I just kind of feel like if you're going to tell us the, if you're going to give us the backstory that was missing from last season about how Gamora killed Thanos and and ended up with that group of Avengers or, you know, the world's guardians or whatever it is you want to call them at that time. I just don't feel like they did it with this episode. Here's an experiment. Do we know where that episode was supposed to fall in season two? I mean, season one? Because it would be curious to watch season one with where that episode is supposed to be. And I wonder if that would be I feel like it was supposed to be right before um, What If Ultron won. I think it was like supposed to be towards the end of the season. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know in anything that we might have had any information of that we might have had from last season. It I don't even know if we could find it. I would probably have to go back through one of our old posts from last season mm-hmm. um, before it came out when they actually released the episode titles and everything. Um, we probably have to find it there, but I, I don't I know. Think it, again, I think it might make a difference. You think? Yeah, I think it might make a difference. Like, kind of ignore the introduction because the introduction was redone for this season. Yeah. And then watch it in sequence. Now, I wonder if it, it, I think it might make a difference. And I think that's, I think that makes sense, but I think it's also weird because I'm thinking about the conversation we had with the last episode and what Lori and Mike were saying about how the what if comics were like the what if comics were basically one shots. Those, those stories never went into another. Mm. We know that's different for, um, for this medium, for, you know, the, the show, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. And maybe, maybe it's because they had already put so much money into this episode and that's why they didn't reshoot it. That's why they didn't rewrite certain things. I mean, that I can understand, but I feel like if they had focused more on what happened at the end with Tony and Gamora, you know, Gamora taking Tony to Thanos because she's like, oh, I still have to take you into him. And then all of a sudden she's betraying Thanos and she's getting ready to kill him. I think if they had expanded a little bit more on her background with Thanos in this universe mm-hmm. and given us a reason why she was so quick to change her tune on him that probably would have made more sense to me. But the way that it was now, you know, this is Gamora. She is an intergalactic assassin. She is the daughter of Thanos. Like she even comes across like, I'm the daughter of Thanos and you did this and you, you, you know, he's tasked with bringing balance to the universe. Like 
she really sounded like she was, she had drank all the Kool-Aid and then some at the beginning of this episode. So to see her go from that extreme to the other extreme with just a few lines from Tony Stark with no background on what her true feelings are for Thanos in this universe. Again, it just, I I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm expecting too much, but it just didn't, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, well, they, you know, like you said, it's different. They're not following the same structure as the comic book. I mean, it was kind of obvious from season one that they kind of wanted to be sort of a whole story. You know, each episode you can kind of watch individually, but it is leading up to something. Because that was my assumption going into this season, that it would lead up to something. You know, at the end, which, you know, if you watch the whole season, probably so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in retrospect, it's like we're looking at the episode after having watched the whole season. It clearly doesn't fit. Like it clearly has nothing to do with season two. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to to evaluate it that way because you're looking at it in the overall structure of season two. And in that respect, it 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 doesn't work. Yeah, I think that that does make sense because it's kind of like. I don't know. It's kind of like in school, if you're going, let's say I'm going to pull math because math is one of those subjects. So let's say you're in school, you're studying trigonometry and you're in the middle of this trigonometry stuff. And then all of a sudden you have this one little thing that comes back from algebra one that kind of comes in like, oh yeah, by the way, da, 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 da. Okay. Now you go back to trigonometry. Your brain is going to be like, wait, what? It's like that bait and switch. Wait, okay, so I was learning things this way and then I had to go back to this way and now I got to go back to this way. You're going to be confused. And I I do feel like that was kind of how this episode presented. Now, if if I think about it in that way, the way you just said, Anthony, and I try to pull it separately, I mean, even in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a bad episode. It was, it had its fun moments. Um Again, Korg is always a joy for me when he was playing with the little um the little Herbals. thing and it was pooping in his hand. Um mm-hmm. Tony No, wait, no, getting... when when driving towards the intergalactic snuffleupagus when it came out and then he like stopped like like Fred Flintstone mm-hmm. and picked the car up and turned it around. Like yeah. I, I that part was freaking hilarious to me. Yeah. So certain things Tony Tony Stark, I need to know why Tony Stark knows what a man's urinal tastes like or all of these other references he was talking about with with the Sakarian beer. He kept making (laughs) references to it it, it tasting like piss. I'm like, Tony, you are not doing anything to to help your your reputation right now because I'm wondering how you know what all this is. What, what if at one point he had a suit that was recycling his urine to keep him hydrated so he would know? This is like, not Dune. <laughs> <laughs> this, that, that is Dune. I'm just you know. saying. Well, that's wet. I'm just saying. Leave the still suit alone. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a bad concept if if we have to move towards that type of thing. But no, I mean, it was just funny, but um, so like I said, there were there were some good parts to the episode. There were some fun parts. I just think there was 
for me, thinking about the intro and where we were supposed to go with this story, I just think it fell short in that way. And then again, like I said, I think there was too much of the the banter and the puns with the Grandmaster and Iron Man. And it just, it felt, like I said, it felt forced. Like, okay, mm -hmm. we have to be funny. We have to do this. We have to do this. I have to say this. Because yeah, Tony has a habit of being a smart ass, but he's also very serious. And it just, I, I don't know. Um, but but yeah, I did like the nod to Mad Max. There was a there was the guy in the big um the big they call them chariots, but these things look like they look like monster trucks. And there was the guy who was pulling on the horn and he had the um he reminded me of the um the guitar player in Fury Road. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, of the the, 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 with the big jet engine kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, watching watching the 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 fight. Oh, it also reminded me a little bit of Tron when they got inside the tunnel with the light with oh, the blue yeah. lights and everything. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit. Even, of Tron. even the even the finish line when they crossed the finish line and it mm -hmm. shattered like the um, the tail of the bikes. Right now, I will tell you what the coolest part of this episode was for me. Tony Stark is on a planet. He doesn't know anything about the materials. He doesn't know anything about whatever. He still builds himself a suit that transforms into a freaking car. To a fucking indie car. To an indie car. And then when he wins, he jumps out of the car and the car turns back into a suit. That shit was fire. I was like, I need shit. to see that. In live action. I know Iron Man is supposedly done in the MCU. I need them to go back and do a flashback or something. I need to see that suit to car to car to suit come come to life. Has anyone I, seen I Alita Battle see Angel? Yeah, Alita Battle Angel. It reminds you of the race that they had. The race, yeah. Mm. yeah the race kind of reminded me of that. I was like, especially with the guy with the big jet engine that that ate cars and spit out bullets behind it. I was just like, oh yeah, the one in the front that was kind of cool though. I was like, okay, yeah. that 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 would be handy. But the way he yeah. was just going after everybody, I was like, okay, is this like an actual just a car or is that a? I I don't know. It was weird because he was he was purposefully going after people to eat to put them. He was in a probably an enforcer. Um, yeah. That was crazy. But yeah. oh yeah, I'm look, I'm looking at it in the background and it just turned into the car. That was the coolest part of this episode. Okay. It really Speaking was. of Tony's armor, one of the things that bugs that still bugs me when I think about it is when they're at the first the first race and Tony gets up and tries to summon his armor. I'm like, uh, uh whoa, whoa, hold up. He can't do that yet. He can't the only way he can only do that when he was trying to do it in Iron Man three, and that and that is nowhere near where this takes place. So that kind of messed with me because he can't he can't summon his armor like that yet. Was Avengers at was Avengers before Iron Man three? Way before Avengers is before Iron Man two. Um. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he developed that that technology a little bit 
earlier in this universe because we have to remember this universe yeah, is not a parallel. Yeah, that's, a, that's the same day that he got there, though. This is this no, but remember, uh -uh. because remember, the grandmaster said time works differently there in Sakar because for Tony, he arrived on Sakar the same day that he um that he defeated the Chitari. But according to the Grandmaster, several days had passed. So we don't right, know what but, this But I'm but I'm saying I'm saying he didn't have time to I mean he it's like well, Jarvis didn't even have time to finish developing the suit of armor that like he had to rush through and get the suit of armor that shot out of Stark Tower and merged with him while he was falling down the building. He didn't he he hasn't developed that technology yet. But we don't know if that that's what happened here in this what if universe. He could have already developed that technology. I, I, I think I for some reason it seemed like they made it seem like to me that all this with the with him waking up and like the first day that happened, like the and like the first race all happened in a it seemed like that didn't happen within enough time for him to develop that technology. Just no, me. she's saying he no, had I, it, he had it before, before the fight with the Chitari. He could have already developed that in this universe, as opposed to you know, in the, the live action, he didn't develop that for years. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying he could have already done that. Could have been the way that he developed that suit. That could have been Remember, stage one. The the way where this works is it could have been one of those ripple effects where since he developed it earlier and had it, that could have been the reason why he didn't make it through the portal in time. Like you kind of have to look at different things kind of affected the things that changed. Mm -hmm. So he really possibly could have in this universe come up with it earlier. Than he did in our universe, because we know in the MCU, I think he was inspired by T'Challa's um, Black Panther costume, mm. working that way. So we, you know, we don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. I just it didn't seem like it, and then it was sticky. I'm like, I don't even. I was just know about to mention that. Why was his suit sticky? I have so I, many questions. I think, I think it's probably from the foam that was released when he was still on fire when he landed. I, I think Grandmaster did some freaky things. No, 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 no. I'm trying to get away from that, Anthony. Uh, no, it's the damn phone. I don't want to think about anything that the Grandmaster... Anthony. Oh, 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 Anthony and I are here because I I was wondering... I'm trying, about... not, I'm trying not to be there. Did, did you see the smile <laughs> on the Grandmaster's face? He was face. a little too excited about this suit. Oh, middle Yeah, Mojo I... Yeah. Mm, mm -mm. Hey, look, I'm middle Mojo Man. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Uh, and then nah, okay. So the other funny the other funny part about it was so after they go through this whole race and everything, Tony Stark defeats him. The um I forgot what her name was, the the his right hand person, the one who has yeah, the his, stick that melts people. I forgot what right, her name his, was. Yeah, his Frau Ferbisana. But she um <laughs> her staff at the end of the you like that, race. Anthony. You got that right. That, that was funny. Her <laughs> staff at the end of the race is thrown into the air. It lands on the ground and it rolls towards the Grandmaster and it touches his foot. So, of course, he starts melting because that's what the staff does. So then we get a Wizard of Oz reference because he starts oh, saying, oh, I'm melting. I'm melting. But oh, somehow, so first time so, so, so I watched so this, 
I didn't realize there was a mid credit scene. So I didn't see the mid credit scene until oh today. Because I saw Wicked and was like, oh, good, and turned it off. Bring me a mop in a bucket. Did he also say, I'll be back or something like that? Yeah, give me a mop in a bucket. Oh. Give me a mop in a bucket. That was probably yeah. the best moment of the entire episode when he so did the uh, Wizard of Oz Wicked thing. So. And yeah. Korg was like, oh, he smells like bad life choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good too. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, uh, I I like the comedic bits that they did in this episode. It's just that I didn't know until tonight that this was supposed to be for, for the first season of What If, but I, I can kind of see why they didn't include it, but I'm with you guys. It doesn't really flow uh, at, at all, and I think the biggest problem that I have with it is that it was an odd choice. It was an odd story. Gamora, the whole thing, and I'm, I'm sitting and I'm watching it going, okay, this is really, really not my jam. This is, you know, it couldn't even, you know, I didn't even think about the whole Ben-Hur, you know, uh, you know, uh, thing chariot or race. chariot thing, you know, until you mentioned that it, it was just that it left, it just didn't leave an impression on me at all. So, yeah, but yeah, that was funny. I think maybe, maybe if they had placed this towards the beginning of the season, it might have flowed better, but I, I feel like with the episodes that we've seen so far, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. This this actually would have made it. I think it was just placed in the wrong order. It would have made a good first episode, just because you know it kind of reintroduces it. Like where we left off, you know where we left off. We have the Guardians of the Guardians of the Multiverse, right? And it's like, oh, but you know, we told everybody's story, but we didn't tell her story. So Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and get that out of the way, that we can proceed with everything else that we got to do. Right. Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's what I'm gonna go with. It's it's not that the story didn't feel right. I think it they put it in the wrong spot. Uh, yeah, and then also, so at the end of the episode when Gamora takes Tony to Thanos and they have their little exchange, and she jumps up, Tony throws the staff to her, and she puts the staff in Thanos's chest. And he just kind of looks at her and then the camera pans to her face and then that's it. Is it just me or did anyone else get the feeling that that staff was really not working on Thanos the way that it should have been working on Thanos? I mean, Thanos is a um, Thanos is the Thanos is a titan, right? Um, he's and he is from Titan. He is an eternal, eternal. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it work. I guess it works because the Grandmaster technically is a celestial. So you saw how it worked on him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, eternal. It probably did work differently on him. It probably yeah, but it probably, probably it probably still killed him because they can yeah. be killed. Um, yeah, but, but like the Grandmaster who cannot be killed. He's immortal. So. Right. Who was they put Grandmaster in an ice cube tray? I'm sorry. It was just you know. No, because I was I was just gonna say that. You know, you know what we always say: if you don't see a body, mm-hmm. that person may not be dead. And I don't know something about the way Thanos was looking at her. Like, <laughs> you really think this is about to do anything to me? So, at in that sense. This episode still doesn't explain the whole what if Gamora killed Thanos. 
I don't know because they are clearly melting down the Infinity Gauntlet and they are clearly alive yes. because he would not have allowed them to walk away from an attempt on his life. Yes. He'd be dead. They're definitely not walking away with the Infinity Gauntlet. No, they're not. <laughs> not at all. No. But but then again... I'm just he, saying, we, we didn't see about, a body. But it's like we talk about the Infinity Gauntlet. It's like he didn't even use it. We didn't even see. This is why this seems like it was so it was hastily put together. Because it doesn't say it, it doesn't even bring in bring up anything about the Infinity Crusher, which is which was said they used to defeat Thanos. Yeah, and he so, didn't okay. okay so, so the other thing is he didn't have all the stones at this point. Right. No. We, so well, like, see, Hanukkah, the, the problem is the watcher clearly says in season one that she killed Thanos. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I mean, we really can't I mean, we maybe argue about how, you know, how she did it, how they did it, or whether or not the melting stick worked. But clearly, the Watcher says she killed him. Yeah. We also see the Watcher is not necessarily a reliable narrator. He's been pretty reliable. When has he? When has he not been reliable? I just feel like because. He, he, because you are a being that is supposed to only watch and you have not actually interfered in a couple of things. Well, he had to. The multiverse was going to be destroyed. He had to. Defeat the I, I don't know. It's just, again, like I said, okay, so if they did kill Thanos, then who got, who got all the Infinity Stones? Nobody else was looking for them in that sense, mm-hmm. except for Thanos. So you got to explain to us how all of the infinity stones made it into the infinity gauntlet because again, the infinity gauntlet was a Thanos creation, wasn't it? So that he could control, mm, so that he could control the stone. No, Odin not necessarily. It. Odin may have done it. That's why he went to Nivedalir to have them make it. Because ah. remember, Odin was looking for them too mm-hmm. in the past, but stopped. See, no, see, that's 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 too so. much. That's too much history to but- try. Bring into this one episode, right? It's right. To make but, it you're make sense. To, but you're trying to add more stuff to it. That's I'm just not trying to make it make sense. It you just gave you stuff to make it make sense. It's not going to make sense because I just gave you something to make it make sense. Again, this episode was hastily thrown together, and they tried to put it off as an explanation to how how Gamora got the Infinity Gauntlet and how she killed Thanos, and it didn't do a good job of that at all. Okay. It really, they they really should have either left it in the vault or, because, you know, I I just really, I just looked it up and yeah, they said that COVID kind of messed up the schedule and mm-hmm. they weren't able to get it ready for release. So they moved on to another episode, which was almost already done, mm. you know, when they picked up. So um, they decided to push it to the next season. But I don't, I don't think they considered how it wouldn't fit in with everything else they were trying to do yeah like i said Um, i think if they had put it at the beginning of this season maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't be bothering me as much no it wouldn't it wouldn't fit anywhere (laughs) it it doesn't because if you if you watch season one this is clearly a season one episode yeah Mm -hmm. that is true so Again, this is why we need to go to like 10 episodes for a season instead of these six and seven episode seasons but that you know i think i think it was i think it may have fit 
it could have fit right before the finale. Because isn't that where she shows up, where they show up is yeah. in the finale? Yeah, but yeah. I think I think uh, the reason I said I think it's before what if Ultron won is because I don't think they would have wanted to break up that that cliffhanger from that episode to put this episode there and then go on to the Guardians of the Multiverse. It seems like that would have just yeah. been too that would have just thrown off their momentum too much. And also, it was supposed to be one of the two comedic episodes. I can't remember what the other comedic episode was, but how dark the season was. Maybe yes. it was not like in the first half right. of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, this one, and and Thor, and the Thor yeah. episode. Okay. Thor. They probably moved that one up. So you know what? It. That could be it too, because to have to have something like this so soon at like literally after the happy hogan episode like i said i feel like it was comedic overkill in mm-hmm. in some spots so yeah that could be it too okay so it was yeah. probably the first half i i really got to go back and look at season one yeah i, I need to do that too but like yeah. i said it's not that i didn't like the episode i liked it just fine it just wasn't my favorite so far of the season so you know, if, if if we're having to rank them, really, it's it probably is right there at the bo- bottom for yeah um, the four episodes that we've seen so far. Yeah, it's definitely towards the bottom. It's just there were a lot of cool moments. I mean, the whole the whole Tony and Gamora in a room with a single bed is kind of a throwback to a comic series where 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 Tony and Gamora actually hooked up and Gamora like like damn near wrecked him. Wrecked them, damn near killed them. Really? But, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. Anthony's probably read it. He already knows this what I'm talking about. No, I'm laughing at you using the word wrecked them. Wrecked them, damn near killed them. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Wrecked like, also, them. I see, I see what you did there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. We have reputation along the lines of She-Hulk when it comes to uh dating. Sometimes, not Ma- all the time. But close. I wonder, does it have to do with the green in the women? Like, is that what it is? Probably. Okay. Oh, green's so horny. Oh, okay. Okay, so I didn't do that. you're supposed to do that at the end of the episode, so I can close out with that because, oh my Damn. god, really? <laughs> okay, and yeah, I mean, maybe that has to do with you know, I mean, because Cord called her the mean asparagus woman. I I damn near fell on the fell out on the floor when he said that shit. Okay, so here's my other question. I need to know where, in relation to the Earth, is Sakar because they were using a lot of Earth slang. They were using a lot of Earth references. Like who else well, no, they, come they, up with roadkill? They've been watching us because that's how they knew who Tony was. They they were like, "Oh, you're you're the Metal Mojo man" because he showed him on the screen saving Earth. Like they actually watched him doing that somehow. So it's like that was, it was a like news Earth, report. Earth Earth is Earth is basically them watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is how it's kind of how I see it. It's like something where they it's a guilty pleasure because they're like, "Oh God, you gotta see what they do. Watch, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this." Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I think aliens are watching us now. Anyway, they're like, "Oh God, what episode is this?" Oh, at the <laughs> end of Civil War, the Orange Man's coming back. Oh God, Civil War toward the end of Civil War. Uh, well, actually, toward the beginning. Actually, the beginning. Let me back up. Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, 
and uh, Mr. Fantastic decided that they didn't want the Hulk involved in any other world, whether it was him or if it was Bruce Banner. So they put him in a, uh, a little NASA shuttle and they basically sent his behind to Sakaar. And that led to this wonderful series called uh, Planet Hulk. Awesome, awesome series. And it is where he basically became almost king. Core and all of them were like um, uh, his, his, uh, his uh, not henchmen, but uh, soldiers. He had a son. He had this epic fight. They came back to Earth. They basically bombed the New York Yankee Stadium. It was awesome. So Sakaar is very, very important. But the way that they used it in the MCU films is sort of baffling because if they wanted to spin off and have a very successful Hulk movie franchise, it would have been Planned Hulk, basically. Mm -hmm. So whenever I see it like that, I get a little confused. Like, this is an excellent idea. You're always complaining that you don't have a good... You have Hulk... You've got Mark Ruffio, and it's good, but it's not great, okay? Mm. You should have planned Hulk. I mean, I'm telling you, it's 97 issues. Awesome, awesome series. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering about that because I was like, they're using a lot of Earth references, and they're using a lot of the slang because, like I said, who else would – Who I can't think – of another planet that would just come up with the with the term roadkill and use it the way that we use it. It's just it just seems weird. Well, like I said, they have the NASA uh, shuttle, so it's entirely possible that they uh, uh, scavenged the uh, technology and they basically, you know, used the components because if you remember from the movie, they were using anything for salvage, and they came across maybe a live or working feed, and they went from there. But. Um, yeah, no, it, it's very interesting because the way that they 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 have everyone in this episode and in Thor Ragnarok, the uh, the way they portray them, like I said, is just baffling. If you read the comic books, you know. Mm. So. Well, sometimes it it looks like they had an idea of doing Planet Hulk live action and just you know right. abandoned it because we see Scar in She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it's not something they, thought, they didn't think about because all the characters have appeared. Yeah, yeah. they have. All the characters from Planet Hulk have appeared. Like his whole crew has appeared. Yeah. Um, well, one of them, well, one of them was, was from the race, but not necessarily the character. You remember in Dark World, I think it was Dark World, um, Thor killed some big rock dude yeah, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was one of the guy that that species is one of the people in his crew. Yeah. Yeah. Because Hulk okay. goes through this whole uh Spartacus thing on Planet Hulk where he literally frees the people. I mean it's it's on um, Planet Hulk is pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah, so it, it looks like they thought about it and kind of planted the seeds, but I don't I don't think it's ever gonna happen now. No, it would have it if they were gonna do it right, it'd have to be at least three movies, at least. Yeah, and they've got they've got so much on their plate right now that's taking us into what 2027, 2028, maybe. So yeah. Yeah, a lot. I mean, they might as well do it. They they can't use Jonathan, they can't use Kang anymore. So Yeah, that's true too. But well, see, the, apparently they're still they're still gonna do Kang, so they're talking about recasting it. So I don't mind them recasting, but I, I wouldn't mind them just pivoting to Doctor Doom and just call it a day. As long as they do it right. As long as, as long as this, as long as they do Doctor Doom right this time. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. don't do anything. Don't do yeah. anything weird or make him look like or, or do anything fucked up with his like origin story. Then he'd just be an evil Iron Man. Just just do it that way. Basically. Or or do something that they normally would do is in giving him a different appearance. Oh, I don't know, make him steampunk or something stupid like that, you know. Because you know, seriously. Whatever <laughs> That's exactly what it'd be. It's like every time you walk, you'd be like shh. Right, exactly. Some stupid stuff like that. But um, you Iron Man that uses sorcery like Doctor Strange. That that would be that would be amazing. That would be dope. Yeah, I could see that. I I think that for for me, I never liked the actor so much as Kang. I just to me it just didn't sit right. Maybe either he was really playing Kang really, really well, or I just didn't like the actor. Um, as far as recasting. I mean, the choices that they have come up with have been interesting, but I'm with Anthony. I would prefer you just to get, you know, Dr. Doom, just just move on. I mean, you could easily explain it away and move on to something else because the closer we get to Dr. Doom, closer we get to Fantastic Four, closer we get to Fantastic Four, closer we get to the X-Men. But the thing is, I don't even think they've cast Fantastic Four yet, like, not even it's one person okay. yet. So I know that there have been rumors out there. I don't know how true those rumors are, but um, I, I would think if they were going to move towards Fantastic Four, they would have to at least have had the casting in place by now because that means they got to start planning. So we may, we still may be years away from that. Unless they've already cast and they're just doing a really, really good job keeping it under wraps, which... I don't know. Yeah, I thought they really said for that. Did, did they not cast Pedro Pascal? That's as the rumor. Or was that a rumor? That's the rumor. There's they're, been they're no... saying that he stopped filming something to go start filming that. So yeah, but un- until I see it from an official channel saying Pedro Pascal has been cast, then I'm just going to treat it as rumors because most of these rumors are coming from like other uh, blogs and and and. Uh, media website so I've not seen an actual confirmation of that so yeah how these things normally come out is when they start doing casting calls for like tertiary characters Mm -hmm. and you know when they're trying to fill in the background people yeah that's when those that's when it starts to come out and there haven't been any like announcements because sometimes agents will leak that stuff too yeah they're like oh yeah I had a I had a client who auditioned for a lab tech in the tower, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, got back in the Baxter building, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so that that'll be speculation for another time. Um, you guys have any final thoughts on this episode? I think we can pretty much wrap it up. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like I said, it wasn't a spectacular episode. It was fine. I I yeah. liked it. I enjoyed it. it I just it, it just feels kind of disjointed. For yeah, where we um, are this shout, season. Shout out to Korg again. This series giving Korg another Hulk smash moment where he was like, wait for my signal. He's like, okay, go. And he grabbed him and started doing the Hulk smash thing. And he was like, I didn't give you the signal. He's like, you're, I'm sure your goatee twitched. And he was like, no. It's twitching funny. now. <laughs> <laughs> he he did the same thing in the first episode, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um old. So at least they're being cons- well. They're being consistent with his character. So, yeah, that's true. Um, shout out, shout out to Grandmaster's assistant saying 
trying to dissuade him from the race saying really that sir there's no reason for you to do this you already have the city like why are you going to bet the city and just like she there was no point. reason she's right she was absolutely right i was like why are you doing this like you right. you there, there's nothing in it for you it's like he was like i want the suit he's like deal and i was like there's nothing what there's no reason for you to bet your the your sovereignty on a race like like literally you could just you could just have him killed and take the suit basically just get the suit. that's too easy this well, you, well, you know, see what happened you know. when he tried to do it his way. It didn't quite work out for him. The advantage he has is that he can't die. He's immortal. So yeah, he can play the long game. Yeah. Shout out to the, the alarm actually saying alarm, 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 alarm. That was awesome. Hey, um, so you th- do you think... Since we, since he's not dead, do you think he's gonna pop up next season? Tell you, just put him in, put him in, put him in a mold, put him in the freezer. He'll be fine. It's just, he just, he just has to firm back up. He'll be all right. He's not. He can't die. So what's he gonna do? It's like either do that or or paint him paint him on a canvas and have him be like the Doctor Who. What's her name? Who said moisturize me? Moisturize me. Okay, and on that note, <laughs> that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, X, Threads, everything else is Phantom Hybrid. You can chat with us on our Discord channel. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel, and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. Bye.